You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Hi, Laura. Hey, Lindsay. Happy August. Happy August, indeed. The summer is flying by. Honestly, I can't believe it's almost our birthdays. I know. It's almost our birthdays. We're in our saves the day era of the year. (laughs) It's just a really exciting time, but it's going by so fast. Right. This time last year, I think we recorded a birthday episode ranking all of the birthday dresses, but we took all of August off to give ourselves a little break. And we're kind of doing something similar this year, but we're making it a little bit more fun for all of our listeners. And we're going to replay some of our favorite episodes from the early days of AGW. Yes. And we know that not all of our American Girl Women community has been with us since the very beginning, which is totally fine because we love new friends. But we wanted to give some of our newer listeners an opportunity to hear some of our favorite episodes from when we first started. It's been so fun to kind of look back at all of the episodes that we've had We've shared so many fun stories along the way, and especially with the early episodes when we were just getting into podcasting, I feel like there's something so raw about these conversations, and (laughs) I really can't wait. Right? I can't wait for everyone to listen to them or listen to them for the second time. Yeah, because we picked some of our favorites, so you know that they're good for a second listen. We would never not give you quality content. (laughs) But I do think it's so interesting because, like, when I was looking at the early episodes to see, you know, which ones we wanted to do for our edit, um, I was just struck by like how much we were relying on our friends and their American girl stories, which sort of Mm -hmm. is how we got the conversation started initially. But now our community is 30,000 strong and we get stories all the time from our listeners and Instagram followers. Truly. We are so incredibly grateful for our community. Laura, I don't know if we had any expectations going into this when we first started our podcast, but me personally, I didn't realize how much American Girl would resonate with so many incredible people around the country, around the world. And our community has just been so, so special, like seeing everyone interact on Instagram with each other. We get so many amazing DMs from our followers and listeners, and just to know people are out there listening to our podcast and commenting is just really special. And we received a really fun DM from one of our listeners, Mary, who listened to the episode that we had last week with Nini, where I had said that I didn't know the name of a catalog that I would look at a lot growing up of children's clothes that I loved. 
And she sent a DM today and (laughs) shared that it was the Storybook Heirlooms catalog. And I am so happy to have this information. Like I immediately texted you with a screenshot of the cover that I found on Pinterest. And it is so beautiful. I need to track down an actual catalog of it. I know. And somehow I never, when you first sent me this catalog, I was like, wow, this is such a vibe, but I've never seen this before. And like, even just the font Mm -hmm. on the front of the catalog is like so iconic. Like I cannot believe this is a thing that I missed out on. Right? It gives Samantha. It definitely does. Yeah. Like, it, very it gives like... turn of the century 80s. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's a really good description for it. <laughs> but yeah, I am oh so excited. God. And apparently they made women's clothing too. I was on eBay earlier and you could buy like women's size dresses. Noted. Mm-hmm. I love that, like, you know, usually like people are reaching out to us to say like, oh, like have you ever talked about this thing or asking us like questions? But I love that our listener provided you with something you'd been looking for. Seriously. And she also provided another very hot tip. Bill. So she recommended a website called T public T E E public. And there is a seller on there called love bug design And they have the unauthorized American Girl of Today logo with the rainbow color girl with outstretched arms. And you could put this logo on so many things. She bought a phone case with it. I bought a t-shirt earlier. I am so excited for this to arrive. I loved the image she submitted of the phone case because I did not even think of that as an option. Mm -hmm. But how awesome is that? I would love to do it on like a little hat. That would be adorable. I know. I know. We would love to have some American Girl Women merch, but this is a great start. <laughs> and right. we want to share share the info with you. But I will definitely be buying one or more things with this logo on it because it's the logo we all kind of associate, I think, with American Girl that means the most to us when we think of American Girl. So it's just such an iconic thing to be able to throw on pretty much any item you want. We got another incredible DM that said that if we ever wanted to start an American Girl summer camp, they would absolutely attend. And I think that would be so fun. A hundred percent. I would love that more than anything. I think we should do it. The crafts, the food, there are just so many elements to it that we could do. I think would be so fun. The camp t-shirts. The camp t-shirts. We could all leave with pen pals. Yeah. Honestly, right? if if you want us to do this, DM us. <laughs> right? I wish it could be a series where we throw AG parties from the magazine IRL. Yes. Like, we, with all like, city the activities. To city. Right? <laughs> like, you're coming to the bowling party. You're coming to the Wizard of Oz party. Right. Like, Seattle, are you ready for the bowling party? <laughs> Honestly, I am obsessed with the Hollywood party from the like maybe 1994 catalog that we posted Mm -hmm. on our Instagram. I loved that growing up. I never did any of the parties or really attended any of them, save for a Valentine's Day party from my friend Jenna, who we need to get on the podcast one day. But they were all so fun. 
it was almost enough to look at them. You didn't even have to attend them. Right. It's so true. All right. Well, let's let's chat a little bit about the episode that we're going to be replaying today, Laura. Who do we have? Yes. We have our dear friend, Marianne, who came on the podcast rather early in our podcasting history. And she was just so fun. She remembered so much about her childhood with American Girl. And she had a wonderful story about sort of creating her own Samantha. So I'm really excited to revisit this. And hopefully, you know, some people who have not heard from her yet will get a chance to hear her wonderful story. Definitely. Marianne was so much fun to have on. And prior to recording, she sent along catalog and magazine images from when she was home visiting her family and that like unearthed something in me that I didn't know I needed because this was like the very very early days of having our Instagram and we didn't even know what like direction to take it in like now we have like the 1993 to 2000 full archive of magazines between both of us plus catalogs so much at our disposal but at that time like the very maybe first month of our podcast, we did not have access to that. And Marianne just like unlocked something in myself that I was like, I think we're on to something because other people are going to want to see these images from their past, like as much as I do right now. A hundred percent. And our community has also been so generous about sharing their magazines Mm -hmm. with us. Like the huge box of magazines I received from a listener was just like so incredibly generous and even like when you all send pictures in to us like it's just so wonderful that you're willing to share those things so we appreciate it and you know we will post it we've posted so much already and we're going to continue to post Truly. And we have to give a huge shout out to Ashley May at American Girls Review, who also sent in magazines, merch, all like the cookbooks, the craft books. She is absolutely incredible. Definitely check out her episode too. We launched that earlier this year. She is amazing. But yeah, Marianne was actually the only guest that we've had on twice to AGW too. We had her on for a Samantha movie watch in December, which was so fun. That was so fun. And we knew she would be so good for that because, I mean, you all will hear on the episode, but she has an amazing sense of humor when it comes to talking about American Girl. And she brought that to her first episode and our Samantha watch party. So trust us when we say that you'll be giggling through this one. (laughs) Definitely. We hope you love this episode with Marianne and we will see you all next week for our next replay. Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Marianne Machescu, a freelance writer and beauty copywriter based in Los Angeles. Growing up in Greenville, Mississippi, Marianne was destined to shine from day one. With a love for performing, whether dancing or acting, she had early dreams of becoming the next Spice Girl or Miss America, but landed among the stars with an impressive career in the beauty industry. Marianne's experience with American Girl included her own unique approach to owning her first doll, wrangling her brother to play Nellie opposite her Samantha in the acclaimed play, Actions Speak Louder Than Words, plus receiving a few dolls later in life. 
but let's hear it straight from her. Marianne, welcome to AGW. Thank you so much, Lindsay. That was quite the introduction, and I am just beyond thrilled to be here. Like, you don't even understand. I'm just honored (laughs) to be on here with the both of you. We are so excited to have you, and I can't wait until we can dive into all your stories because you have a very unique and interesting connection to American Girl, I think. Thank you so much. I mean, I feel like I did not realize I had these stories until I started listening to your wonderful podcast that has unlocked so many memories about the AG world. And yeah, it's just, it is just the light in my life that I need right now. I listen to your podcast in the shower. So this is a big moment for me as a fan. (laughs) (laughs) We cannot wait to get into it. But Marianne, before we begin, we met when you were a beauty editor at InStyle. And I remember the very first time we went out for drinks together after many months of emailing and like immediately was obsessed with you. We discovered a shared obsession for early 2000s pop culture. And I think we first bonded over Degrassi and (laughs) the greatest friendship of all time of Manny and Emma. Um, Yes. And I'm also so glad that we have AG in common, which is more of like a recent discovery in our friendship. But before we get into it, let's take it back a step further. What were you like growing up? I was very prissy. I am very much a girly girl to her core. I feel like the narrative growing up when I was in Greenville was the girls were like, no, I'm not friends with that many girls. I'm a tomboy. I don't like girly things. But I absolutely did. Like I would get in trouble in class for putting on makeup in art class. This was later in life, but as an elementary school girl, I loved the performance of it all. I loved Disney movies, Broadway, things like that. Songs I could sing along to, wore a big pink boat, basically every day, had long, long hair like down to my butt that my mom would not let me cut because she was like, (laughs) it's so pretty, you can't cut it. And then of course I was punk rock and I tried to cut it all off myself. I loved, yeah, just like the act of playing dress up and doing my makeup. There were so many moments where I have a younger brother. I would rope him into the dress up games my best friend Diane and I would play and I would give him a makeover. We'd walk from the back of the house all the way to the front and I'd ring the doorbell and be like, mom, do you recognize this new person? She's like, yeah, that's your freaking brother in makeup. Why did you do that? So (laughs) that was my idea. I very much, (laughs) I loved dolls too. I had tons of Barbies, tons of AJ dolls. Well, not tons, but you know, we'll get into it. (laughs) That is amazing. Wait for context since we'll talk about him a little bit later in the app. How much younger is your brother from you? My brother is five years younger than me. Oh my goodness. So he was your own, he was your own bitty baby. Basically. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I have the same age difference between my brother and I, and I totally relate to you where like you were just old enough to be able to like manipulate him into like (laughs) being able to go along with like dressing him up. So like I would like paint his nails and like put makeup on him and put like hair accessories in his hair. And he was like young enough where like he didn't like push back at all. He was like the perfect doll for stuff like that. So I feel like I feel like the five year age gap is like the sweet spot for sisters giving their brothers makeovers. It really is. And I feel like whenever he would try to get me to play like G.I. Joe's or whatever he was into, he loved cars, loved like a model car moment. He's like, Marion, you should play this with me. I'm like, well, I don't really want to. But then when we would play cars, it was like, 
I am posh spice driving this car. It was still by my rules. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Oh my God. The things that we all with brothers probably got them to do when we were at that age. (laughs) They're better people for it. Honestly, I think. (laughs) Absolutely. I also have a younger brother around that age and there is so much photographic evidence of like me putting um, my old dance costumes on him and really getting in there with dressing up. What would my life have been if I had a sister? Would I have been like this extreme girly girl like you, Marianne and Laura were um, (laughs) growing up if I had like someone to balance that? Or is it just like in contrast to like, I have two brothers, like what, what would that have been like? I know it's so hard to like imagine it. I really wanted a a brother, but then like, as I got older, I started to think about like the what if possibilities of having a sister. But I think having a brother or brothers instead of a sister makes you like less competitive with other girls because Mm -hmm. like, there's definitely some competitiveness there that my brother and I had basically non-existent. And the only things we ever fought over, I don't know about you guys, was like me forcing him to like put makeup on or forcing him (laughs) to like paint his nails and that wasn't even like really a fight (laughs) yeah that's pretty much it my best friend Diana had two older sisters and I remember I don't know how competitive they got but I did think it was cool that they could share clothes drama would happen when people would share clothes and not ask but I also remember like because she had older sisters that were into the things we would have been into when I got older. Like I was exposed to things like my so-called life and Max Mesa lipstick that no longer exists, but it's still very fresh in my mind. And I think that reinforced like me wanting to dress up and play dress up so much because every time I would go to her house, we could get into her sister's clothes and get in trouble because her sisters didn't want us to do things like that. Yeah, it's always so interesting when you like go over to play at someone else's house and you see their sibling dynamic. Yes. Right? (laughs) Such like a interesting like social phenomenon that like only happens when you're a kid. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Um, Shall we get um, into AG? Yeah, let's get into AG. Um, So Marianne, what was your earliest memory with American Girl? Do you remember how old you were when you were first introduced? And how were you introduced to American Girl? It was definitely in elementary school when I was introduced. So I think it was probably 93, 94. Whenever we were, my brother was born in 93. So I was probably five at that. I was five because we're five years apart. Haha. So yeah, I was introduced probably, gosh, I would want to say 94, 95 by kids at my school who would bring the catalogs to school and we'd be looking at them over recess. I was sort of familiar with the magazine because my dad loved going to Barnes and Noble, loved going to bookstores. So I would always pick up the American Girl magazine because it was one of the magazines I could kind of relate to. I wasn't a big girl enough to get into 17 and YM, which I absolutely did later. But I feel like I was picking up that magazine because it was, there were girls my age on it. And that was something my parents were cool with getting a magazine that was age appropriate. And the content in it was of course for kids my age. So I was introduced to it then. And I didn't get my first doll until a little bit later after much begging, pleading and cutting out you know, the catalog and putting it on my Christmas list and mailing it to Santa. (laughs) (laughs) So you got your first doll for Christmas. Yes. And it was, I remember 
just, I wish I had pictures for you guys to share with you for the Christmas because I was asking my mom, do we have those pictures? But I remember that Christmas very vividly because my doll was a Samantha of sorts. Why don't you tell us about this? <laughs> of sorts. Yes. So, okay. A thing about me, I like people who I like characters and other people who look like me. If there's a character that looks like me on a show, I'm like, I love her. She is everything to me. I will die for her. Um, obviously, I love Samantha as she is. And I obviously gravitated towards dolls that looked a bit like me. And Samantha kind of did. But there was this section of like American Girl of Today in the catalog. And you could pick a doll that looked exactly like you. So they had different variations on the American Girl template that were kind of designed to look a little bit more like you. And I have to cross check it with the screenshots that I sent you of the catalog, but one of the dolls was basically Samantha, but with more tan skin that looked like me. And I was like, she is mine. That is mine. And my parents were so sweet to get me like the Samantha train case to um, the Samantha Christmas outfit, which iconic. (laughs) And then her school (laughs) outfit, which I really loved as well. And her I don't know if I got her winter outfit that Christmas, but I got basically my DIY Samantha situation. (laughs) I love that so much. Yeah. You're the first person who has come to us and we've interviewed a lot of people at this point who has come to us and said that like you sort of pastiched your way into a historical doll with the doll of today. And I, <laughs> I love everything about that because there's no reason why you can't do that. And I'm surprised more people didn't. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool to hear that I'm the first to do it. I hope other people did it. And I hope that other girls are doing it today because it very much still exists. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like it meant a lot to me to have a Samantha that looked a bit more like me. And I was even talking to my mom about this on my recent trip home about how I obtained this doll. And, you know, Santa got me the exact doll that looked like me. And she was like, you were always a Samantha girl. I mean, I would try to get you interested in the other dolls, but you're like, no, I like Samantha because she looks like me. (laughs) (laughs) Her attitude was very much like mine. Like she was, I'm prissy and she is a priss. So... (laughs) It's such a good point, though. It's like, you know, why can't Samantha, like, why does Samantha just have to, you know, have, like, fair skin and brown hair and brown eyes? Like, why couldn't Samantha look, you know, whatever type of way? I think, like, with the way that, like, representation was with American Girl in the early 90s, it was very, like, these are the historical dolls, and these are the dolls that look like you, and there was, like, very little crossover, and I Mm -hmm. think, like, today, now, as they get a little bit more expansive and their representation, like, there's much more mixing and matching going on, and it doesn't feel quite so, like, rigid as in, like, the historical, only the historical dolls can wear the historical clothes, etc., things like that. Right. Definitely. That's such a great point. And we do hear from people that we speak to that they did not feel represented by the American girl historic offerings and what you did really, you know, you created your own rules there. And (laughs) I love that. And I, I didn't even think that was, you know, an option. And that's so interesting that you made it your own. That's a really beautiful thing that you did. 
Oh, thanks. I didn't realize it was beautiful at the time. I think I was just like, well, I want her to look like me, but <laughs> representation definitely um, has gotten, I know that American Girl just released their first Asian historical girl, which was cool. And I do remember there was an Asian doll um, in the girl of today, the things that you could make. And I'm Asian, I'm half Filipino, but that girl didn't quite represent me as much as whatever, like E25, whatever the girl of today's. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, whatever her alphanumerical combination yes. was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like even at the time, like, when they were making efforts to, like, have some options, like, they mm -hmm. still, they still weren't expansive. And, you know, I think now they've gotten to a point where they've integrated just so much more, so many more options to make people feel represented. Like Lindsay and I were talking with previous guests about how, like, in addition to just having like different hair types and skin tones, they now have like different accessibility accessories, accessories. like hearing aids and wheelchairs. And like, none of that stuff existed when we were kids that I can remember. So, you know, it's nice to be able to think about like young girls today as much as American Girl has changed like I think one way that it's changed for the better is that like you actually do have the opportunity to see yourself in some of these dolls and not just the girls of today but the historical ones now as well so you had created your own Samantha and you had a lot of the Samantha outfits but what was her best outfit okay I feel like Yes, her Christmas outfit was iconic. It is lush. It is velvet. It is everything. But I think looking back today, as I was looking through the catalogs, like I would, I'd fuck with her winter outfit, honestly. Like that is chic with her fur hat and she had the little hand thing and a cape. Like the I muff. thought it was so, yes, the muff. It was all about the muff. <laughs> she was like chic winter in New York realness. Like I love that outfit today. Oh my God, that outfit, like, I don't think that any of the other historical dolls have any winter outfits that even approach the iconography of that one. I mean, the white, like, little fur beret with the matching muff is so over the top in the best way. And yeah. I think it even has little leg warmers too, doesn't it? I think so. Like, yeah. I think it had the whole thing. I mean, where am I taking this doll? I don't know, but she's prepared for it. And like, <laughs> the matching muff with the hat is just such a memory in my head. Like she was a right. rich bitch and you could tell. <laughs> I mean, it's really like a testament to the designers and or whoever was managing the fashion for AG that that outfit like would hold up today. Like if I saw oh, someone 100%. on the street with that, it would just be like, this is such a chic outfit. Like I'm oh, yeah. really surprised they didn't make like a real like girls version of that coat because it seems like the type of thing that they would do but I know that if they had my mom would have been all over that because like I don't know if anyone else's mom was like this but growing up my mom loved to dress me in like kind of like over the top like clothes so I had yes. this like I had like a, a little like red cape that was like very similar to this Samantha cape and it's just like what like six-year-old needs to wear that oh my gosh I mean <laughs> 
That sounds iconic. And aren't you a Samantha too, Laura? Like I am. Yeah. So your mom knew. She she knew, but I'm just like shocked that they didn't make that into a girl's outfit because I feel like that would have been a really good one to have. It would have been great. It would have been practical because I feel like I would look at the girl's outfits, like the dress, like your doll ones. And I never really, I didn't love anything like they were very cute and I remember the Felicity dress that you brought up in a previous episode Lindsay like I looked back at it I was like yes Hill House realness yeah (laughs) that's kind of the only one that I could foresee myself ever really wearing Samantha's stuff that was available to her I felt it looked kind of uncomfortable and like you Laura my mom also loved dressing me in very (laughs) excessive things there were these um we had these Filipino little girls dresses I don't know what they would be called but she got them in the Philippines whenever we would go in the summer and they were just like frilly and covered in sequins and shiny things and I loved wearing things like that but they weren't the most comfortable and there was always like that weird itchy underskirt and I feel like a lot of the Samantha things look like they would have the weird itchy underscore that I was not fond of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's a very high class gal. So she, she she's wearing multiple fabrics and multiple patterns and layers. And I feel like that definitely is something that for like younger kids is like not going to be the most comfortable, but yeah, as, right. as an adult, I'm like, <laughs> I'd love to, to try on some of her outfits. I make the sacrifice. Yeah. And I feel like Samantha's winter outfit is so far and beyond like other winter outfits from the girls. Like we had Felicity's red cape and I'm sure that's not like, it's even less practical, I think. But yeah, I feel like that is a- also not like as much of an outfit. Like it's almost just like right. a little like over like it just goes over her shoulders, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that went like I think in the in the catalog they always paired that with her Christmas dress. Marianne, you said that you first discovered AG with gals on the playground bringing in the catalog, but what was your personal experience like with it? With the catalog? Mm-hmm. I feel like so my family and I we did a lot of like long car rides. Growing up in Greenville, Mississippi, there's not a lot to do in that town. So we would take a weekend day trip to Jackson, the big capital, which was two hours away. Or we'd go to like Memphis and go to the mall there, which was three hours away. So a lot of my time was spent either like crushing Goosebumps books in the back of the car, or I'd be just like going over through the American Girl catalog. And that was always so much fun because even though, I mean, I read the different books, but I can't even tell you what happened in certain plot lines or what each of the girls did. But I remember just going through and being like, oh yeah, that outfit's cool. Like I could get that for Samantha or the American Girl of today. Her outfits were amazing. There were so many things that were like, on trend and my favorite part of the catalogs were not necessarily just the dress like your doll moments but I also really loved the fashions that AG would kind of put together and present to us in a Delia's-esque spread there were certain outfits that I was going through there that I was like I would still wear this today there was a daisy print denim maxi dress that I was like that would be sick to wear today I love just going through and having the aspirational 
moment or whatever. It was just fun to imagine myself wearing these outfits. I never ended up buying anything, unfortunately. I was such a limited two stan, but I love just going through those catalogs and seeing how they would put these outfits together and how they would also give you options for your doll if you guys wanted to dress the same. Right. You sent me a couple pics of these outfits and there were the daisy uh, options. And then there was this whole page of pastels that I'm like, everything's still like it holds up. Some of those outfits I remember so vividly because I just remember having that page open and just obsessing over this outfit or whatever. And I guess it's appropriate that, you know, I... I guess, I don't know how to even put this. I've kind of, with my personal style, when I was in magazines, I was very much like, I'm going to wear all Alexandra Wang and fit that part. But then when I left and I could be my own person, I started leading back into the things that I liked growing up. And I kind of just want to be the cool, hot cheerleader with a heart of gold in every Freddie Prince Jr. movie plot. And I'm very much like dressing that way. But also I'm remembering things from the AG catalog. And I'm like, oh, this print I remember so vividly. And I can kind of recreate it in this way as an adult because you know, as they say, being, I don't know who says this, but being an adult doesn't mean you have to stop liking these things. It just means you buy your own. So, <laughs> so true. I so true. That. There are some outfits from the AG catalog. I remember that I would love to get my hands on today mm-hmm. or recreate them. Like Lindsay got me a catalog for my birthday. That was from like 2001, which was like around the time I was in my peak interest. And there was like a plaid skirt with a little like green sweater and like chunky black loafers combo and I was like that would look so dope today like I want to recreate this outfit and it it is like truly puzzling like who at American Girl was putting together these like iconic fits because that was one of the ones they had for girls and for dolls yeah. and I'm like their minds like they were right on the money for like what we wanted to dress like back then Oh, for sure. That must have been the best job in the world, like to source not only just these historical pieces and reference them in the wardrobe, but also to kind of create their own trends for girls that were coming up in the world. I wonder, I wonder if they had two teams, like a historical (laughs) and and a like girl of today team. And they had like tension between the two of them it's like oh well the the historical team like needs all these like really expensive materials for their (laughs) for their historically accurate outfits but I feel like I feel like there would be an office rivalry among the American girl of today and American girl historical um teams that That is is hilarious I would love to hear about (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I can totally see that happening. We need to have someone from the design department on the podcast one day. Absolutely. We'll just make some wild assumptions and see if they are right. But that (laughs) sounds pretty accurate. Um, Marianne, I don't think we like specifically touched on this yet, but was there anything that you were really drawn to in the catalog that you wanted to own but never did? Like one specific thing that maybe stands out in your mind? In the girl of today sections, 
I thought the bunk beds were cool. I don't know mm-hmm. what the hell I would have done with them because I only had the one DIY Samantha at the time. So, <laughs> you know, she'd be in bunk beds by herself, but I love the furniture and things like that. Again, the whole aspirational aspect where I'm like, Ooh, what if my room looked like that? What if I had this butterfly bed sheet that this American girl doll has? And I think there were things in that part of the catalog that I definitely wanted, never had. And of course the clothing, I wish I would have bought some of that clothing, but it seemed like such a thing to have to go through and order it from the catalog and ask for my parents' permission and all that stuff where they would happily take me to limited too if I made enough noise about it. So that was more (laughs) attainable for me. (laughs) I know. I don't feel like we really have like thought enough about what a chore it was to order things from a catalog back then. Like you literally had to call and you had to like give the style number over the phone and then you had to give your credit card number over the phone. Like just so like unfathomable today. Yeah. <laughs> right. Honestly. And wasn't it also, I mean, I was too young to like do this at the time, but wasn't there an option where you would like mail in your order form with an enclosed, like a personal check or put your credit card number on like that little order form? Like that's a big risk. Yeah. Like what if someone's going through your mail and they just take the check and your entire American girl order. I do remember vividly like filling out the order form so I could send it to Santa. And then I was like, this is too much. And I guess I just never did it or it never made it there. (laughs) But I vividly also remember those order forms in like the Delia's and Alloy catalogs. And it didn't make a lot of sense to put the credit card number on there in retrospect, but I guess there was no other way to do it at the time. Right. I totally forgot about the American girl order form, but now I'm kind of remembering it didn't have like a picture of all of the dolls, like sitting in a row or something at the top of it or standing in a row. I feel like I went through the motions of filling that out (laughs) for my, (laughs) for my parents or something. Right. But a rite of yeah. passage. Exactly. Um, so Marianne, you received a couple dolls a bit later on. Would you be able to talk us through that? For sure. I feel like I received them past the point where you should even be receiving American Girl dolls. But I think this was right after college, weirdly, when I had like my own somewhat disposable income. And I was able to like buy things for myself for the first time. My parents were like, what do we get you for Christmas? You're very hard to shop for. And then working in beauty and things, you get access and you're, I mean, I feel so lucky to get access to so many fun products that I get to test Mm -hmm. out. So they're like, we can't buy you beauty products because you get to test them out for work. We can't get you clothes because you're going on your own way and doing that. So one Christmas, I think I got I definitely got Addie because I always wanted Addie. I thought she was so cool growing up. And then I finally was able to get an Addie. And then I think I have a Molly now. So it was like two different Christmases in a row that my parents were like, I don't know, you're hard to shop for. Here's an American (laughs) Girl doll. And like, it just made me so happy. I don't know. I don't know if I would ever play with them, but I remember like just sitting there looking at them and like, playing with her hair a little bit because it was just such a nostalgic, heartwarming moment that just 
Yeah. It just made me so happy. And it was so pure. <laughs> Seriously. They gave you the gift of like good vibes and exactly. nostalgia. Such a good gift, right? Yeah. Like they gave you an emotional <laughs> gift. Laura and I were recently at the American girl cafe where they had the historic girls on display. Oh. Um, and we just stood in front of like the little area and stared at them for far too long. Like we were just so into it. Like the endorphins it gives you, like, it's just such like a good moment. (laughs) Well, right. Because I mean, even, I don't know, even like receiving them somewhat recently, it's like, how often do you really get to see like a historic American girl doll in like pristine condition, let alone like every single one. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And I think also when I was at the age when I got them, I knew how to appreciate them. And I think you had a former guest that was like, don't mess with their hair. Like I knew not to do that at this point. I knew not to take Samantha's hair out of the clip because I'd never get it back (laughs) in the perfect state that it was in. So I had this new appreciation for them where it's like, oh, I mean, I don't have to like play with them and play American Girl, but I can appreciate them in this way and make sure that they stay intact and pristine as a collector would, you know? Right. Yeah. I think for that, for that reason, Lindsay and I would like maybe just get one doll as adults to sort (laughs) of like, you know, just to sort of be like, all right, we, you know, we're going to take care of them. We know what we're doing this time around. I mean, Lindsay, at least like your Felicity exists somewhere. Uh, my Somewhere. dolls are all like lost and gone forever. Oh, so no. <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of feel like the urge to get a doll and keep it in like pristine condition is like very strong for me right now. Like after going to the store and seeing them all there, but it's like, where do you even start? Because once you have adult money, you're like, oh, I could really like go crazy with this. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. There's a girl that I follow on TikTok who has a Kirsten and she is hilarious with this doll like the amount of content she creates with her like I'm always like blown away it's so funny I'll link her in the show notes yes please get us all into talk or whatever it's called (laughs) oh my god my my entire for you page is like 90% American girl at this point that's amazing. Yeah, just the way we like it. <laughs> <laughs> Marianne, you also had the Samantha theater kit <laughs> that was called Actions Speak Louder Than Words, if I recall correctly. And you made your brother play Nelly as you were Samantha. Please tell us a bit more about this oh and <laughs> any memories that you have surrounding this play. My memories were, okay, I was just so thrilled to have like an actual theater kit. There were scripts and things that you could, like physical scripts. I thought that was so cool. And there was a whole theater sign that you could, you know, announce the cast list and announce when actions speak louder than words had its opening night or whatever. (laughs) And I remember... I forced my whole family to be in the play with me. Naturally, I was playing Samantha on the cast list. I was also directing it, apparently. And I remember telling my brother that he had to be Nelly, who was Samantha's BFF. And then he was just so uninterested in it. He would have rather (laughs) done anything else. And then when I was looking over the poster that I found that I had drawn up a million years ago, he was actually, I think he was Uncle Guard. And I was both Samantha and Nellie by the time that the cast list was published, which I don't really understand how that would have worked. They're very much in scenes together. 
they're both the main characters I think of the play. <laughs> it was the Lindsay Lohan in the parent trap situation, yeah. clearly. <laughs> Honestly, I think you had posted on your Instagram too. Like it would, it had like the cast list and it was all like you, 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 you. Like, <laughs> yeah. is that right? Or am I making that up? I, I was at least like no less than three people on that cast list probably. And I was billed as the director. My mom was playing Grand Mary and I think <laughs> somebody else and then my dad was playing somebody it never came to fruition it never actually happened but I just remember (laughs) making the biggest deal about it and being so frustrated that my brother didn't want to learn his lines as Nelly (laughs) oh my goodness that is so funny Marianne (laughs) what's your sign just out of curiosity I'm a cancer I found out that I am a Gemini rising and Aquarius moon okay gotcha because like the putting on of a play in this fashion is like a very like Leo activity. Right. But I also feel like it is kind of in line with cancer because like cancers are very sensitive and I feel like you're like extremely sensitive to like following the process for this yes. whole thing, like to the, <laughs> to the letter. It's like, we have to like have the cast list and like, you're going to play Nelly. So I feel like it, <laughs> it checks out, but I just had to ask if you were a Leo. Cause I was going to say like me and Lindsay were all about this type of stuff when we were younger and we're both. Oh, Leos. <laughs> <laughs> I was very sensitive to the art, I guess. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you took it very seriously, which I feel like checks out for that sign for sure. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about the magazine because Marianne, you actually have a couple issues of it still in existence. I think from like the 1996, 97, 98 era. The magazine was (laughs) wonderful. It was like my YM for my age. And I was reading through it and it unlocked so many memories. There are a lot of stories in there about the girls, of course. So you get like, there was a Felicity story and Felicity was like that rebel girl doing whatever she wanted. And I remember reading through that. And then there were also stories about real girls. There was the paper doll section that I thought was so cool. The paper doll section. (laughs) I totally forgot this existed. It was so cool. And they track like one girl's family lineage on like notable women throughout her bloodline. They make a historical paper doll outfit and a description on the back of it. It was so cool to see. And then there's like advice things in there. There was something Lindsay and I were laughing about because I wrote a little letter to American Girl in the magazine that was like, my friend Landry bosses me around even when I can't sing. What should I do? And then I never mailed it in. Oh <laughs> my I God. So wholesome. Advi- it was wholesome, but I loved the advice that they would give girls because there was even reading back today, I was like, okay, their advice is pretty on the money because one girl was complaining. My mom recently went back to work. She's not giving me enough attention. What do I do? And they're like, you know, you should understand that your mom is doing these really cool things professionally. So it's important for you to make time for her as well. After school, maybe schedule like a daily walk that you guys can go on so you can talk about your day. Just like really cute things like that where people would write in about questions that they had, things they were going through with their friends and family. And I feel like for the most part, from what I remember, the advice pretty much stands up today. And honestly, it was just very relatable. I was going to say like that example that you gave is like, could apply to like anything, like a friendship or relationship. But I remember 
like pouring over those little like advice sections because they were always like so juicy to me as like a, <laughs> a kid and I feel like it kind of like I don't know if you guys like still read like advice sections in any publications but if I'm ever like at home and my parents have the newspaper I'm like straight for the Dear Abby because there's yeah, always yes. so much there's like <laughs> so much tea in those it's like it's like the print version of reddit or something like right. that like oh I love reddit <laughs> I fully agree <laughs> but I feel like that was this was like the gateway to that it was like reading these little like advice segments that were so wholesome and being like "Ooh, what's like the tea with like Allison's like got a new baby brother at home right? and like she's not getting as much <laughs> attention or something like that like oh there were so iconic. That's so true. It's like really starting us all young to being like addicted to ask Reddit or the am I the mm-hmm. asshole Reddit. Oh my God. I love am I the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like also the there evolution. was also sections where people would talk about like, what do you do if somebody starts a rumor? And it was advice from like different girls around the country, which I thought was right. awesome. And they were like yes. our age and they looked like us too. So it was also yeah I feel like American Girl did that right but there was also one story that like absolutely traumatized me did I tell you about this Lindsay no oh my gosh okay so if you go into the issue um I think it's the issue with the two girls blowing the bubble gum with yeah on the cover with Lupe with your girl (laughs) Lupe I I just have to say this for the record Marianne had texted me a a cover of the issue or like multiple covers of issues and somewhere in the darkest, deepest part of my brain, I said, (laughs) Marianne, can you please tell me if the girl on the left on this cover is named Lupe? And this is an issue from when I was maybe like nine or 10 years old. And when you told me that it was Lupe, I was like internally like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Like, how do I remember like such minute details? And like the girls on the cover were just regular girls. Like they weren't celebrities. I just saw her name and it stuck with me. And I say this a lot, but I really can't remember recent events. Like (laughs) I don't remember anything like from the past five years onwards, just nothing. Like I'm trying to learn German. It's not sticking. Sorry to my husband. <laughs> but but like, Lupe did stick. He remembers right. Lupe. <laughs> I need to like clear out like certain things in my brain and just get, get a fresher start than remembering the cover stars of American Girl from February 1996. Or don't and do American Girl trivia. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) One thing I will say about the girls on the cover of these magazines was... I thought they were so cool and oh like God. if they were wearing right. like an outfit that I really liked like I mean obviously they were just like regular girls like I mean they were like child models but like you know they were like normal like it could be a girl in your class like it was mm-hmm. totally normal and I would just be like oh my god like I wish I could be on the cover of American Girl magazine and I would even sometimes be like okay if I was on the cover of American Girl magazine like this is how I would pose oh my god cute <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my god all right we need to have a cover star on the podcast I think um, we need to get a Lupe we need Lupe specifically no, Lupe. I'm like why hasn't <laughs> Lupe heard us and reached out to us yet <laughs> Oh my God. All right. Wait, what was the traumatizing story? Oh my God. (laughs) 
So basically it was a fictional situation about this one girl and her friend, Sarah, her friend, Sarah, I mean, one of them was named Sarah. I don't know who the protagonist or the antagonist was, but one of them was named Sarah. The girl's friend, their best friends, she gets a hamster as a birthday gift from another friend. And she just loves her hamster. She's like showing off the hamster at school. And his name is Sammy. Sammy the hamster is like the star of the show. But one of the friends gets jealous of Sammy and she decides I'm going to take Sammy for a day and just make her think that Sammy's lost or I don't know. I just want her to see that like we're friends, her and Sammy, not friends. She takes Sammy, puts him in her garage and like tries to put, I remember vividly that she's talking about burlap sacks to keep him warm. Right. And he's in the garage and she's like, okay, Sammy, you'll be fine. You've got food, whatever. It gets cold. It gets cold overnight. And Sammy's in the garage. She gets up and she's like, oh, good thing I had the burlap sacks to protect him. Sammy fucking dies. No. Wait, Sammy this dies. is fiction? This was fiction. I, I hope. Oh, my God. But Still it's too much for fiction. It was a bit much. Yeah. So he wow. dies and she has to go back to her friend and be like, hi, I stole Sammy like yesterday, but now he's dead because I put him in my garage and it was this whole entire thing. Her friend later calls her to be like, hey, we're going to bury Sammy. Like, if you want to come and see me through that. Like, Jesus. I would not have done that. And I think it traumatized <laughs> me because I am, I'm crazy. I have a cat and I'm very protective over her. I was like, don't anybody look at my cat wrong. Do not breathe on her wrong. Like, do not hurt my cat. I'm insane about it. But... I think that was like the source of my intrusive thoughts. And like, even when I was younger, we had two cats and I was so overprotective. Like, don't anybody look at my cat the wrong way or I will murder you. And I think that was it. That was the source of my trauma wow. of being very overprotective about my animals, but also like justice for Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for having that reaction one bit. I mean... <laughs> That's Honestly. like clearly they were trying to like teach a lesson, but like I think they could have taught the lesson effectively to just be like, oh, and then the other girl got really upset when she couldn't find Sammy, mm-hmm. and the girl who stole Sammy realized that it's not right to do that. And right, you know. exactly. Honestly, <laughs> one second, I'm gonna grab something because I have the book that is made from the questions that people write in. And I was reading this with my friends and I feel like there's a health thing about someone being jealous about someone's hamster. Oh my God. (laughs) Maybe that inspired it. Lindsay, I feel like we could have some real fun on Instagram with this book. Honestly. Yeah. We need, (laughs) we need to figure out, I have a lot of AG books. I have like a dozen of them from like, (laughs) like jazz up your jeans and like good food for girls. All right. This is another hamster story from the more help American girl books, but it, it's not quite the Sammy story. I have a hamster named Gio. When I bought him, he was nice. And now he's really mean. I brought him to school for class and he bit two people, including my teacher. Now everyone calls him Lucifer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Amazing. Amazing nickname. (laughs) And from this, Sammy 
Sammy's story was born. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, amazing, iconic nickname, but also like your hamster probably did not want to be at school. You yeah, probably right. wanted it to be home, like relaxing and doing whatever it is that hamsters do. Yeah. Honestly. Like, is he mean or does he just have like good boundaries? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. That's what they basically say in the advice. Put yourself in Yo's shoes or cage rather. A trip mm. to school could be scary for a pet. Imagine being in a strange classroom. The world is a wall of new faces, loud voices, boom. Big fingers waggle at you through the bars. An enormous hand appears and grabs you. Eek. No girl should keep a pet that bites. <laughs> but if Yo has calmed down since you brought him home, he probably can't take crowds. So give him what he needs a nice quiet room and a second chance. Oh my God. Why am I like about to cry? That's like, that's so nice. Like the way that they like are caring for this animal's feelings is so like like, sincere. Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I really liked that the American Girl magazine also gave like a different perspective or like more content, I should say, from like the AG historic books. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of had like a fanfic section oh, included. Sure. <laughs> and I girls always knew like girls wrote in being like, hey, you published that Molly story in January of 1992. Why are you republishing it now? And they were like, oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> our oh my writer God, they- is busy working on this stuff, but we hope you enjoyed that republished moment. <laughs> I love oh the God. letters to the editor because they're definitely like some shady comments in there, like calling AG out. It's so funny. Like one girl wrote in because she only saw one girl wearing glasses in the entire issue. And it's like, yeah, American girl. Like, why was there only one? Yeah. Like, again, <laughs> like the just, you know, like the Mollies of the world need their yeah. representation. <laughs> <laughs> Marianne, what lasting impression did American Girl leave on you? I think, hmm. That is like a loaded question because it left so many lasting impressions. I think it definitely enabled me playing dress up as I would style Samantha's outfit and put together a look for her. And I also feel like the magazine itself definitely left a lasting impression on me because I did eventually start working in magazines and I feel like American Girl, the magazine gave me that as an outlet as like something I could do. I didn't know that was a job that I could do until I started looking through the magazine and I would see these different stories being written. And it wasn't just stories about like, you know, blonde white girls that are in traditional media in the 90s it was like there was a story that stuck with me about this girl who her grandmother and her were from Japan and she had to like fill this box with a treasure worthy of the box that her grandmother had given her from Japan so it was different types of girls telling different types of stories and it was like a creative outlet too because they kind of empowered you to do stuff with your jeans, to make these at-home crafts, things like that. And, you know, age-appropriate beauty advice, even like hairstyle ideas, stuff like that. So I feel like the magazine is what really stuck with me the most. And it also taught me certain lessons about like how to be a good friend. Don't steal your friend's hamster, Sammy, first of all. (laughs) But also like people would write in about like 
different things going on with their friends and the editors would give really good advice about how to deal with that. And I just loved that. And there were different issues about like the friends issue, talking about different kinds of friends. Like there was a friend that was a girl and a boy, but they weren't dating, but they could still be friends. And that was cool to see just different types of friends. You would have how to be a good friend to your friends and things you could do with your friends. I yeah, and I also had the care and keeping of you, as most girls oh, yes. who were into AG did. So I feel like <laughs> when I was of the age where I was getting closer and closer to my first period, I got that book for one of the birthdays or Christmases. And that was my first, you know, big girl book about how I can care and keep of myself. So I feel like I wouldn't have embarked in certain paths in life if I didn't know that was an option because of American Girl, as cheesy as that is. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Like it really like has guided you on your journey into adulthood. And that's really special. Yeah. I feel like also, you know, the idea of having a magazine for girls of a young age, like before you hit that, you know, teen magazine or like you know, early 20s, like reading more like fashion focused magazines, to have a magazine that's geared towards young girls with like content for them, like, Mm -hmm. you, you kind of touched on this, but it's like, opens up like a world of possibilities of, you know, what can a magazine really be? And like, what types Mm -hmm. of things like, do you like to read in a magazine? I think it's so interesting that the American Girl magazine played such an active role in your experience, because I feel like, it's been kind of 50-50, I would say, like, some people were into the magazine, some people weren't as much, but it's so iconic. And I feel like just like going back through them and like the memories just come flooding back of like, oh, yeah, like American Girl is really with you at like every touch point, not just like materialistically with you know, purchasing dolls, but also like helping you with friend issues and helping you navigate like what it is to be a girl. Exactly. And I feel like that was such relevant content to me at the time, because at that age, like, I didn't really give a shit about boys and like trying to lock down a boy or anything like that, how some of the (laughs) magazines would speak to you. But I cared more about like, what am I going to do at this sleepover with my best friend, Diana? Like, what are some cool activities that we can do? And I liked reading the stories, even if it was fiction and I mean, there were some really cool historical stories. I learned something new after I like was going through all of these magazines that there was, I think during World War II, there was a doll exchange program with girls in Japan and girls in the United States as a way to just reach out to these people across the world and make friends with these girls that were like them. And I don't even remember reading that story when I was younger, but I thought it was just so fascinating as I was going through it. And yeah, I think just the magazine, the content, it really stuck with me in that way. Wow. That is a really beautiful sentiment. And, you know, something else that you just touched upon about American girl, really meeting you where you were, I think is so important, you know, Mm -hmm. having that, uh, content available that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a reach. It wasn't something that, you know, was talking about boys or, you know, makeup at a higher level. Like, I feel like American girl met us all where we were and what we needed and fulfilled, you know, such a necessary presence in our lives at the time. Everything that we've talked about with the magazine and what makes it great, I feel like are things that not to be like, 
oh, in our generation, like we were so whatever and kids today are so shitty. Like, no, (laughs) I just, I do just feel though, like in our generation, the magazine format was so much more embraced than it would be now. Like, I mean, right. Cause the content is like, so curated like they're basically being like here's what we have for you and like this is this is it like it's a finite amount of things to go through whereas like now I feel like the demand for that is like not as strong because people want like options and they want like unlimited things to look at which you know like there's pros and cons to that right but I think that just having that magazine and like looking forward to being like, oh, like, and I'm going to read like the like advice section every month. And I'm going to read like the historical section every month. And like knowing like what was going to be included was kind of an exciting thing that people miss out on now. Definitely. All right. Shall we get into the games? Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So Marianne, we're going to switch it up a little bit for this segment and try something new where you were fully immersed in the world of Samantha. We're going to test your memory a bit now on how well you remember the secondary characters specifically in Samantha's universe. So we've never done this before with a guest. We've always kind of left it pretty open-ended with all of the characters, but We're going to test your knowledge specifically on Samantha Parkington. Yes, let's go. Let's try it. (laughs) Gardner Edwards. Is that Uncle Gard? Yes. Yeah. So he is Samantha's uncle. Yeah. yeah, That's it. I realized by saying, is that Uncle Gard? (laughs) (laughs) All right. You got to start off easy. All right. Cornelia Edwards. I think she was Uncle Guard's girlfriend and then they got married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There yeah. was a, actually, I remember vividly, like when I was flipping through um, one of the magazines, there was a story about how Cornelia was getting married to Uncle Guard and one of like the young relative girls was trying to ruin the wedding and Samantha was not having it. <laughs> one didn't one like cause a fire wasn't there yeah. like a scene oh my like god that? she set the veil on fire <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right agnes and agatha pitt were they the neighbor girls unclear i don't know i don't remember them should we discuss as we go along let's discuss as we go yeah all right so those are cornelia's younger twin sisters and one of the aforementioned fire starters oh okay okay <laughs> all right nelly o'malley nelly is samantha's bff she's one. she's the servant girl in their house but her and samantha become friends Mm-hmm. and then like i think nelly goes to an orphanage at one point right she does big time <laughs> so sad. big time yeah yeah but then gets rescued by uncle guard of course <laughs> <laughs> all right bridget and jenny are they classmates of samantha's they're Nellie's sisters. Okay. I remember she had siblings, but I'd never, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there was a fourth in the movie. Am I just I feel thinking... like I feel like Bridget and Jenny in the movie. I, I don't really remember what they were like in the books, but I feel like in the movie, Bridget and Jenny were just like dead weights of like a, <laughs> an additional, an additional burden because they were like too little to like 
run fast enough to like escape the orphanage or like (laughs) just like things were like they were holding up a lot of like the plans to like get Nellie out of her situation (laughs) (laughs) truly all right Eddie Ryland he was like that bitch neighbor boy right (laughs) yep I remember there was a plot line like Samantha she was doing something and he was the reason she fell and ripped her stocking I think yes that's like in the very first few pages of the first book I think and there's an illustration yeah yeah he's he's, not in a lot of trouble he's a a constant nuisance yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right Jesse Jesse there has to be a classmate at some point, right? Like, I know that there was a classmate Samantha was friendly with, but I don't know if that's Jesse. It's not Jesse. Uh. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to, the next couple characters are very niche. Jesse was Grand Mary's seamstress. She's the one Samantha had to go to when she ripped her stocking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all coming together. It's all coming um, back to me now. <laughs> all right. Our Archibald Bemis. Hmm. even I don't hmm. know who that is I know you have to be a real super fan to know this I don't know if I am <laughs> he's a friend to Grand Mary oh take I that as you will <laughs> oh okay wait sorry let's pause on this for a second isn't he like Grand Mary's suitor he must be he's like, fucking Grand Mary <laughs> <laughs> I mean like he could be because Grand Mary like to be a grandmother at this time like you were probably in your 40s so yeah. they they make grandma right. look very elderly <laughs> but I'm sure like she still had it going on <laughs> honestly I know I feel like there's like a story where it was like why people look so much older in like the past than they are today did you see that Mm-mm. no but the answer is years of harder living right but it'd be like people in like the 80s I think the example was like the golden girls women were mm. the same age as like the sex in the city ladies oh my god, oh my god. that's crazy to think about but I mean, yeah honestly I mean, my mom this is like so off topic but my mom has like <laughs> shown me pictures of her grandparents when she was like younger and they were, were like in their fifties, but they had like white hair in like a, in like a roller set. So it's like, it's all about the hair. I feel like that all, that right. all age. Yeah. And Grand Mary's <laughs> hair ages her. I hate to say. <laughs> Truly. I know we should, we should do like an app to like yassify Grand Mary and see oh my what God. she's like. <laughs> the yassification of Grand Mary in, in, the, in the new reboot of the Samantha movie, Grand Mary is played by Kim Cattrall. Yes. <laughs> I love it. All right. And now we have a couple characters I don't think we need to get into, but how about this? Who is Ida Dean? I don't know who Ida Dean was. Take a little guess. I you literally wouldn't even know. Like she, I know that Samantha's parents are dead, but should I just say it? 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's Samantha's friend from school. Oh, <laughs> oh there she is. There she is. The one I kept thinking everybody else was. <laughs> you, you know what, Marianne? I think it's like perfectly reasonable for you to have not assumed that a little girl's name was Ida. <laughs> <laughs> more like grand mary than grand mary honestly <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> all right well that concludes our little memory test here and i think those friends and minor characters i mean you knew most of them with nelly and eddie and could recall jesse and the like um but the family was spot on oh thanks I feel like you're being generous. Yeah. I got so many wrong, but that was really fun. <laughs> what a positive spin. Ag- Agnes and Agatha are are oh, easy to forget. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. Kudos for sure. I mean, it's very like hit or miss with this game because some people like remember every little bit of things that happened in the books and some people don't. And like, why would you? It was like 30 years ago that we read these books, but (laughs) I think it's pretty, pretty impressive. All right. But I am going to take you into our next game, which is a little bit more subjective, but you provided a list of your favorite celebrities to us. And I'm going to give you two. And you're going to tell me and Lindsay who you think they would have for an American Girl doll and why. Um, So the celebrities that I've chosen from your list, and your list was amazing. I mean, it was like really hard to choose. There were so many good (laughs) ones on there. Um, But I'd love to hear about who Paris and Nicole would have for American Girl dolls. Oh my gosh. I feel like Paris would definitely have Samantha. Like she's a Samantha. She's a girl's girl through and through really prissy like me, but you know, we'll speak up when she doesn't agree with something. Hello, actions speak louder than words. But like, (laughs) I think Nicole is more of a felicity because if you watch the simple life back, like Nicole's always the one starting shit and she's always the one that's like causing trouble and making, she's great TV. She's wonderful. I love her, but I feel like, yeah, it'd be like Samantha hanging out with Felicity. Holy agreed. Yeah. I think that's like the perfect answer I mean Felicity's <laughs> totally a, a shit starter and so is Nicole I have such a greater appreciation for Nicole's personality like now looking back on the simple life oh, than yeah. I did when I was younger because like I think everybody just like gravitates towards Paris just like everybody gravitates towards Samantha mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but Nicole's got some like great like one-liners on the simple life for sure yeah she's hilarious and I feel like I don't know. I could talk forever about the simple life and how much I love it, but she just <laughs> was the drama and she would bring the drama and she was the plot and Paris was, you know, she was there and she was having fun, but all of the stuff that went down and was a controversy, like, I feel like Nicole was the one to do that. And I love her for right? it. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And- that's such a good assessment. And I love that you paired her with Felicity. <laughs> I think that is so, so accurate. Felicity is just like this independent, like, I think they call her spunky in her brief description. And that's like an, an early Nicole. Like, I think that is so accurate. <laughs> For sure. Marianne, this was so much fun to chat with you today. We loved hearing about all of your experiences and memories from AG. So thank you so, so much for being here today. And oh 
please let everyone know where they could find you. Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me on again as a huge fan of the both of you. Big, big honor. This is a great life moment for me, especially <laughs> since we're talking about one of my favorite subjects that I didn't know was one of my favorite subjects. Yeah, you can find me on the internet. I'm on Instagram, Marianne Machescu, M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E-M-Y-C-H-A-S-K-I-W. Woo! Um, <laughs> I watch TikTok, but I think like I would rather swallow glass than post my own in earnest because... I'm, I'm not that cool. I'm not, I'm not that cool. So <laughs> you can send me TikToks that you think I should know about. <laughs> I think, I think we're all on the same page with you on that. It's like the TikToks for viewing only, not, yeah, for, <laughs> not for anybody else to know about. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you, Marianne, so much. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.